Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth with each other, and with a divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. A friend told me the story of encountering a woman she knows who works at Walgreens Pharmacy. The pharmacist friend told a heartwarming story of her work and of her concern for what she saw as her congregation, that is, the customers she had come to know and care for over time. In particular, she talked about an uninsured mother who needed a $400 prescription for her child. I worry and wonder, the pharmacist said, what will this mother have to give up so that her child will have the medication he needs? My friend, a pastor who worked on staff in a mid-level judicatory, commended the woman for her care and compassion and then asked, does your church know that they have a minister working at Walgreens? My church, the pharmacist asked with some surprise. Why, no, I hadn't thought about that. She paused in confusion and then added, they wouldn't think what I do is important. That story broke my heart. It saddened me that this woman had the perception that her church didn't care about what she did in her work life. She assumed that what she does outside the church doesn't count. I'm pretty sure that if we went to her congregation, or any of ours for that matter, and asked leaders or members if this woman's work is important, we would get resounding affirmation. But if we asked what her congregation or ours had done to affirm or support her day-to-day ministry, we would probably get puzzled looks. Why do we let such wonderful ministry slip through our fingers unnoticed and unsupported? Hello, my name is Dwight Du Bois. I've been teaching at Holden Village for two weeks on a topic that is known by many names, vocation, priesthood of all believers, ministry and daily life, calling, and most recently I've heard it described as spirituality in the workplace. In my work on this topic in recent years, I've found that the woman at Walgreens is not alone. After talking with hundreds of people and almost as many pastors, I have found that people have an incredibly difficult time connecting faith with life. When we're at church, we do churchy things. When we're out in the world, well, that's just life. Our most common understanding of ministry is that it is what the pastor does. It's no surprise to hear people say that ministry is what we hire the pastor to do on our behalf. The next most common understanding of ministry is that it is something that happens in or through the church. Teaching Sunday school is ministry. Helping with the food pantry is ministry. Serving on a board or committee is ministry. In fact, the most commonly held understanding of ministry is that it is something extra. It's above and beyond what we do from day to day. And it's something that people choose to do if they have the time and the interest. Chauffeuring my kids to music lessons or soccer practice, taking care of elderly parents, 
listening to a friend's worries, boating, working at Walgreens. That's just life. Here's the amazing good news. In God's eyes, feeding our children is as important as serving at the food pantry. Doing a competent job at work is as important as showing up for a committee meeting. Helping a friend move to a new apartment is as important as making coffee for fellowship hour. In all of these everyday, often mundane activities, Martin Luther would say that we are helping our neighbor. It's well known that Luther had a thing about works righteousness, but Luther never meant to ban all works. What we often forget is that as vehemently as Luther opposed works righteousness, he was equally vehement in support of loving deeds. As long as they weren't done to earn God's love, or with any expectation of a reward for ourselves. In fact, in an Advent sermon in 1522, Luther said this, If you find yourself in a work by which you accomplish something good for God, or the holy, or yourself, but not for your neighbor alone, then you should know that that work is not a good work. For each one ought to live, speak, act, hear, suffer, and die in love and service for another, even for one's enemies a husband for his wife and children, a wife for her husband, children for their parents, servants for their masters, masters for their servants, rulers for their subjects, and subjects for their rulers, so that one's hand, mouth, eye, foot, heart, and desire is for others. These are Christian works, good in nature. And here's more amazing good news. When we learn to pay attention to all that God is doing in and through us in the ordinary, mundane activities of daily life, when we learn to pay attention to what we are already doing, instead of asking people to do something more for the church, not only will our lives become more meaningful and purposeful, but our congregations will find renewed vitality and our leaders will find new joy and hope. Making this shift so that we see, affirm, and equip one another for the work God is already doing in and through our daily lives is tricky, simply because we have conditioned ourselves to expect that ministry is something extra that happens in and through the church. But it is possible to make the shift. It's possible because I've seen it happen. And when it happens, people light up. They see the mundaneness of everyday life in a new light, when they see that God is working through them for the benefit of their neighbors. Take this story as an example. In a course I taught, I assigned the students an essay. I said, pick a relationship or responsibility from the last week or two of your life, for example, an incident at work or a conversation with a friend, and describe the Christ-like sacrificial service, the ministry that took place in that moment. One student struggled to answer, first writing, Christ-like sacrificial service. Wow, that's a tough thing to wrap my brain around. It seems as though the ordinary things I do wouldn't live up to this description of ministry. She gave a couple of ordinary, rather uninspired responses. Then she wrote this. The easiest response to see Christ-like service in is caring for my mom. She is in a nursing home with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is complicated and difficult to explain to someone who hasn't experienced it. Mom still recognizes me and is conversational, but she has no short-term memory and limited long-term memory. If I visit her Monday morning, when my sister visits Monday afternoon, Mom won't remember I was there. Mom runs on about an 8-10 to minute loop. She says the same things over and over. 
This makes it really easy to convince myself that visiting her isn't important. She won't remember anyway. Hey, I'm being honest here. But I know in the moment, in those hours I spend with her, I am lifting her up when I am there. While it may vary for others, this bounce in her spirit does not last for even minutes after I walk out the door. It is an effort to get in the car and go see her, even though I love her dearly, because I don't feel I am making a meaningful difference. The Bible calls us to care for the least of these, the widows, which my mom is, and the marginalized. Having a lasting effect on my mom is not the reason I go visit her. I go visit because I am called to. What happens when I visit, I leave to God. If you'd like to know more about this and what can be done to lift up the amazing variety of ways that God is already at work for us and our neighbors in the daily activities and relationships of all God's people, I encourage you to check out my book, The Scattering, Imagining a Church that Connects Faith and Life. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.